Hello, and welcome to the Jubilee Church Podcast. Jubilee Church exists to help all people know God, find family, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you would like to learn more or connect with us, please visit our website at jubileestl.org. John mentioned several times we're a family, and before we jump into today's uh, sermon, just want to uh, mention that as a family, we will be down at Celebration Midwest in two Sundays, not uh, in two weeks. Yeah, that's right. So June 18th, make sure you have this marked down. If you're not with us, we'll be very sad, Um, but we will have uh, this, we won't have Sunday morning service on June 18th, so make sure that you have that. Um, uh, noted, marked down. And what I want to do is I want to invite you. Today also is an important day because it marks the start of our Celebration Midwest Giving Week. As a church family, um, this conference is not cheap. uh, And we didn't want it to be, as we ever do any year that we do this, a conference that those who can afford can, uh, can go and those who can't afford it can't go. And so we provided discount codes for everyone to use that significantly reduced and in some cases made the conference completely free. And then we are inviting all our entire church family across our locations to give towards Celebration Midwest. And as a family, we just want to take care of one another. This is a way we can exercise generosity and serve uh, not just yourself, but the person sitting next to you. And so I just want to make you aware of that. You can give uh, online. You can give in person. Just make sure that you designate that giving uh, for Celebration Midwest. And uh, we will... um, we are knowing and believing that God is going to do some great things uh, that weekend together. Well, we've been in Matthew for some time and we've come across some parables that Jesus has shared with us. And we've been unpacking these parables over the last few weeks. And uh, today we're going to spend some time in Matthew chapter 13 with two very short but very important parables that Jesus mentions. Um, Matthew 13 verses 31 through 33. I'm going to read this and then, um, and then we'll get going here. I'll be reading from the ESV. It says that Jesus, it says that Jesus says he put another parable before them saying the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It's the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. This is the word of the Lord. Now, I don't know about you, but in our family, we have uh, chores that we have to do uh, every week. We've got four, uh, uh, four daughters. Um, they know how to destroy a house in 0.3 seconds. Um, and so we bring some organization or try to uh, with chores. And one of the chores that we do each week or someone gets assigned to do uh, is they have to check the fridge. They have to check the fridge for food that has gone bad. They have to check expiration dates. And um, depending on how good and efficient the person was the week before, determined on how pleasant that chore is when it's yours. So definitely have had a few moments uh, on the heels of um, some of our girls doing it, opening the fridge and, you know, that moment when you just get a waft of something that's not right. Then you got to go on that treasure hunt for the mystery food and the recesses of the fridge. Yeah. Well, um, the reason why that happens is because everything in that fridge has an expiration date, right? Everything has an expiration date. You could argue that a McDonald's hamburger doesn't, but it does. All right. Eventually, eventually, everything in the, and the truth is when you think about it, everything in this life, we don't like to think about this. But when you stop to think about the reality 
that everything in this life has an expiration date. Everything in this world is passing away. There's a natural process. There is a natural, consistent, established order of things that in this world where everything has a beginning and everything that has a beginning is coming to an end. The food we eat, the toys we play with, the technology we use, the bodies we live in. It's why we're so shaken a little bit when someone in our family, especially someone close to us, passes away. We get this fresh reminder like, oh my gosh, it's not permanent. It's temporary. It's a little unsettling. We try to ignore this reality. We can try and delay it. We can hold on to our iPhone sixes as long as we possibly can in defiance. We can Botox it, we can paint it, we can refurbish it, we can freeze it, we can prop it up, but it doesn't change. Doesn't change the reality that everything is passing away. Be encouraged. Now, that is not the encouraging part, thankfully. The encouraging part is Jesus comes on the scene. And he says, look, I know how you, I know you see how this works. Like whether we're acknowledging it, paying attention to it, living in the reality of it, we know at the end of the day, we know that this is passing away. We know this world is passing away. And let's just, let's just say he, he calls it, let's just say this kingdom. He uses kingdom. This kingdom, this world, it's passing away. But Jesus says, let me tell you about a different kingdom. Let me tell you about my kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. It's different than this world. And he begins to proclaim this message as he travels around that the kingdom of heaven is at hand or it's near or it's coming upon you. Something outside of what we know and understand is breaking in wherever Jesus goes. And we see it manifested through his miracles and his proclamations in the way that the environments are changing around him. Something new is breaking in. And he wants us to understand what this kingdom is like. This is not something that just once was. The kingdom of heaven is still breaking in today. Still something he wants us to pay attention to. Brian so helpfully shared with us last week how God is ultimately, he's bringing into things, into restoration, all the things that we have broken. Sin is broken, broken. But God's kingdom is a kingdom of restoration. And similar to the world we live in, the kingdom of heaven has an established, consistent order. There's a progression in his kingdom, but it's not natural. It's supernatural. One's greater than the other. Let me just say before we unpack our parable today that if you are in Christ, if you take nothing away from this sermon, this, if you are in Christ, there is a supernatural work that's happening in you that God has started and that God is going to finish. Like it or not, ready or not, if you are in Christ, this is happening. God has made you brand new and he is faithful to complete the work that he has started, his word says. And it's not a just a, God made you brand new, saved you from something. We say this all the time. He doesn't just save us from something. He has saved you into something. He has saved you into a continual, and we'll see this in the parable, a continual life of transformation. God wants to work through you in a supernatural way to change you, 
to impact the people around you and the environments that you live in. If you're not in Christ, if you've not received Jesus as the son of God and if you've not turned toward him, God wants to do a supernatural work in you. He wants to give you a brand new life. He wants to give you the significance and the permanence that you long for. But it's not achieved in your strength. It's received in your humility. It's not accomplished by your effort. It's available through his sacrifice. And that, that is the confounding mystery of God that we get tripped up on all the time. We have received something that we do not deserve. And as I talk about this parable and what the kingdom of heaven is like, just know that Jesus has extended this invitation to you. Know that if you are in Christ, he is doing a work in you that he is not done with yet. And we have received this. We have not achieved this. So what is this supernatural order in the kingdom of God that is working through me? Well, Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It's like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. We don't have this verse standing alone, but the following verses, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven, like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour, something outside of the flour, something outside of the soil introduced something new. If you don't know what leaven is, which I didn't, I had to Google it. It's an activating agent. It's like yeast, basically. Causes dough to rise. It's a work. It says, in fact, there's a, I have a definition of leaven I'll give you in, in just a minute. But God starts this work. And this is really important that we just read this and we, we stop here. We let this be a foundation for us. And we come back to this foundation. Did we start the work? No. Did we, did we self-discover? Did we read enough self-help? Did we just look long enough? And say, no, 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 no. The help didn't come from within. It came from outside of us. Jesus broke in. If you are in Christ, your testimony is this. I was dead. I was hopeless. And God saved me out of his great mercy and kindness. If you are a Christ follower, you say, I was not a good person. Is that easy to say? I was not a good person. I'm not a good person. I am not enough. But God, but God being rich in mercy, his word says, being rich in mercy. See, God brings revelation to our hearts. Part of this, the seed being planted in the soil and the soil being representative of our hearts is God introducing truth in gospel revelation. God brings the revelation and faith in our heart that makes us alive. And it's the revelation that we need to turn away from our old life and turn towards Jesus and that being good enough is just not a possibility. Let me just tell you, if you're here trying to be good enough, please lay that down. You will never wake up and arrive. You won't. It is a continual transformation. It is a work of God in our life. Our good deeds are like a small cup of water pouring it out into a desert floor thinking it's going to have a difference. It's nothing. If we were 99% bad and 1% good, 1%, 
If, if there was something in us that God said, okay, you're worth saving, this person not, but you, I see that 1%. We cheapen the gospel and the work of God on the cross and through the resurrection. See, he has the title savior because we needed to be saved. We weren't going to get there. But God was not satisfied being separated from you and I. He was not satisfied with the brokenness. He was not satisfied with that which is incomplete. He is a God who restores and heals and makes new. And he wants an eternity with you. Can you believe that? Like, can you believe the God who is perfect and holy? There is not an ounce of deception in him. Everything he's done is good. Everything in him is true. That God who is perfect, he longs for an eternity with you. Can you believe that? It's amazing. God loves you. And this is a supernatural, he is doing a supernatural work of God in your life. And it's a work that he initiates. And this is what we, we just keep coming back. This isn't a work that we started. That's a freeing place for us. No, this is a work that he began. So when we feel discouraged and unworthy, we say, I was always unworthy. But God, but God, but God's done something in me. God has saved me. God has set my feet on solid ground. The seed comes outside the soil. The leaven comes from outside the flower. The definition of leaven, it says, it's a pervasive influence that modifies something, or the word that I really like, or transforms it for the better. And that's the work that God is doing. It's a transforming work. He's taking something that you were. He's transforming you into something new. When God transforms us, we go from consumed about our self-comfort to comforting others. We go from being indifferent to God to wanting to honor him and praise him. Our focus moves increasingly upward and outward as we're being transformed by God. That's why it's important when the Bible says those who believe in their heart and confess with their mouth, those components are both necessary See, if it's just mouth, if it's just, oh, just say these words, just pray this prayer, it'll, it'll get you in. If you take out the component of the heart being transformed by the seed, the truth of the gospel and who Jesus is and what he's done, it's just lip service. It's just meaningless words into the air of nothingness. That's not what God has for you. He does, and he's not interested in lip service. He's interested in your heart being changed. Now, here's the good news. The good news is that God just doesn't save us, but he's, he's leading us into a life of transformation. And here's, this is not the story of the Christian. The story of the Christian is not, whoo, saved by grace. Now I just got to hold on with my strength, hoping I get to the end. In my knowledge, in my effort, I just got to hold on. I'll tell you this, this is where I get stuck. I love saved by grace. Love it, love it, love it. My default is now I'm gonna figure it out on my own. And this is something I've had to recently be repenting of. God just has a way of like bringing, you notice it got layers, like you get through a layer and then there's another layer. Like God's been working this in me. He's been peeling off the layers. Because it's a continual work. The seed that gets planted, it grows into a tree. It's not a seed and then a tree. It's not the start and then it's over. 
The leaven works through the flour. It's working through. It's a process. It actually goes unseen a lot of times. But it's, pro- it's in the process. It's permeating every aspect of the flour. It's a, this is a process that we are on, a continual growth. There is a beginning and there is an end. But we're not at the end yet. So if you're in Christ, God is doing and wants to do a transforming work in you. He's not finished. Let's not settle. Let's not be content. Okay. We, we got, we sit, well, I'm saved. Now I'm just gonna coast and ride it out and see how it goes. No, God wants to make you and work through you to be a person who is drastically impacted by the gospel, transforming not your life, but the lives of those around you. A few weeks ago, we had a team preach and they talked about the parable where the sower cast seed out on the ground and the seed that landed in healthy soil, that took root in healthy soil. Jesus said it, it multiplied, some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. God is doing a growing, increasing, multiplying work that he's called you to be a part of. I mentioned that the trap that we can fall into and that I often fall into is the one where we're holding on, we're doing things in our own strength. And I just, I do this, I don't even realize I'm doing it, but we had this moment recently. My wife and I were, we have a fantastic Christian counselor, by the way, fantastic. We're sitting, talking to her, discussing some of our issues actually talking about some of the healing I've wanted to see happen in my wife, Daniela. And, and I just had this moment where I said out loud, I said, I just feel like if I was a good enough leader, if I was a good enough husband, if I was a good enough father, if I was just, if I could just be good enough, this brokenness, the healing that I want to see, that issue that my daughter, if I could just be enough, then the breakthrough I want to see happen would happen. I say that out loud and I know it's ridiculous. But it was just this layer that God was opening my eyes to, this pride actually is what it was, that I could be enough. And, 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 the, and the breakthrough for me was realizing, wait a second, actually I say this, uh, I, I'm never going to be enough. I cannot, as much as I would like, as much as I would like to see my wife healed, I cannot make that healing happen in and of myself. And that wasn't discouraging. Actually, what happened when I said that out loud was I felt like a burden was lifted off me. Because even though I'm not enough, and there are things in this world, there are things in the lives of my daughters and in my wife and in me that I do not have the power to change. I know the one who has the power to change them. So it was a disproportionate place of, of, I was relying, I was looking to myself. God's saying, look to me. You're, you're not enough. You're never gonna be enough. Stop wearing yourself out. We know the God who is able. We know the God who is able. He sustains us. We don't get saved by grace and then we cling. We save by grace and we walk forward in grace. Never being enough, but hallelujah. Co-heirs with Christ, saved by his mercy. Good works laid before us. That's what he has for us. That's what he has for you. 
Whatever, whatever peace you have, whatever joy you have, whatever freedom you've experienced, whatever you have found in God, know this, God has more for you. He has more for you. Because the tree is growing. It's growing. The leaven is spreading. Until the day. There is a day that's coming. One day every knee will bow. One day every tongue will confess. Is every knee bowing? No. Is every tongue confessing? No. Until that day comes. Until that finished work. Until that work, sorry, where Jesus comes in and, he, he, and, it's, and it's done. And he's wiped every tear and all the brokenness. In this time from now until then, God is doing and wants to do a transforming work through his church, through you and I. Lead us into more freedom so that the transforming work of the gospel will not be put on display because we're enough, but because he is so merciful and so kind and so great and so much more than we could ever hope for because of who he is. That's what God's doing. As I prepared for this sermon, I just felt particularly two groups of people felt like God put on my heart. Maybe this is you. Because I do believe for, every, for all of us, for all of us, God has something. God has a next step for us. God has something for us to step into. But I just felt there could be people today who have allowed what you have determined you are not to prevent you from stepping into the things that God is putting in your heart. I need to hear things twice, so I'm gonna say a second time. Those of you who have allowed what you have determined you are not to prevent you from stepping into the things that God is putting in your heart. This often comes through comparison. Comparison from a person we think we should be that we're not. Comparison, looking to the left, looking to the right, looking to this person, to that person, and saying, look at, the, look at what they are. I'm none of those things. I'm not enough, not wise enough, not smart enough, don't know enough of my Bible, haven't been a Christian long enough. Someone asked me this question, wouldn't even know how to answer it. Jesus, period. I'm not enough. You're very aware, very aware of your insufficiency. For consider your calling, brothers. Paul writes this to the Corinthians. Consider your calling. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. That'll preach. I'm nothing, God says, that's okay, I've got it. I use nothings to bring to nothing things that are. Foolish, are you weak, are you insufficient? Did the boy 
who brought his box lunch to Jesus when he had 5,000 plus to feed? Did he say, get that out of here? You think I can work with that? No. He blesses it and he feeds a multitude of people. Listen, you are not enough, but God is able to do all things. He is able to work through you to do anything that he desires. There's nothing off the table. There's no one he can't save. There is no miracle he can't perform. There is nothing he can't do. And his intention is to work through you what he's longing for. He's longing for our hearts to be this soil, though, that is humble and says, you know what, I'm not enough, God, and receive what he has said. The second group I felt was those who have let fear take a foothold in your life. You know what God is putting on your heart and it's not comparison that's holding you back. It's the unknown that's holding you back. It's the fear of what will happen if you step out. Can I just say that no one can tell you what will happen? I don't know. The person sitting next to you doesn't know and you won't know. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. What I do know, what I do know is that the leaven transforms all the flour. What I do know is that the mustard seed grows up into a great tree. What I do know is that God is working all things for good for those who fear him. What I do know is that when I look at Jesus, when I get distracted by the what I don't know, when I look at Jesus and I hear his words, and I see the miracles, and I see the compassion, and I see the love, what I know is that he is good and he is God. And that God, who is good and loves you so much that he went to the cross for you, he is working over and through all things to bring it to good. That's what I do know. I believe that God has breakthrough for some of us in this room. I learned that a seed, while continuously growing, has six stages of growth. There's a transition during the overall growth process where the plant breaks into a new, something new. And I feel like many of us are on the precipice of breakthrough and God bringing you into something new. I believe God is wanting us to take hold of the reality that in his kingdom, there is a process of growth that is happening that he is completing, that he is resourcing, that he is sustaining. I feel an invitation for us to courageously ask God, what is my next step? What's my next step of faith? Not what's my next step of comfort. Not what's the next step that I can take where I can see the outcome and not feel uncomfortable or challenged at all. What's your next step of faith? Maybe your next step of faith is sharing your faith with someone that God is putting on your heart. Maybe that's it. Someone's pulse just increased because you've been thinking about someone at work that you feel like God's telling you to talk to him about and like the, you're just anxious about the thought. Maybe that's your next step of faith into the unknown. Maybe that's your next step of stepping out of fear and into the place that God wants to meet you. Maybe your next step of faith is sharing an encouraging word, a scripture coming up front, sharing a word in the front to encourage the church. I don't know. 
Maybe that's your next step of faith. Maybe God's been speaking to you, putting words in your heart for others in the church and you've been holding on to them because you're just not sure. Maybe your next step of faith is praying for someone who is sick to be healed. Maybe it's asking God to increase and activate spiritual gifts in your life. We so often we put these like, we, we, we think there's these like stages of like in the sense that like, okay, when I've been a Christian long enough, then God will do this. When I've been a Christian long enough, then, I, then maybe I'll exercise that spiritual gift. Do we get gifts from God based on our merit, our knowledge, our understanding, our capability? No. It says he gives us gifts by his grace. By his grace. Maybe he wants you to step into exercising some spiritual gifts. Maybe he's giving you a burden to strengthen others in their relationship with God, to see others flourish and find family. Maybe your next step is to talk to a community group leader and ask them to disciple you and apprentice you into leading a group so that you can foster that environment. Maybe God is putting in your heart dreams of seeing more churches started, of being a part of a pioneering work, whether that's leading something or being a part of something. You know, I thank God for the hundred, there was, this location exists because a hundred people in our city location said, I'll go and start something new. I look around this room and I see faces that weren't here six months ago, weren't here a year ago, weren't here four years ago. And it just reminds me, if those people wouldn't have said, yes, I'll pioneer something new, we wouldn't all be sitting here in this room. Isn't it good that someone said, I'll take that step of faith? Like, we're glad that they did. Maybe God's gonna ask you to do the same thing. I don't know. There is a limitless list of things that God could put on your heart to do. And let's not be people who despise small beginnings. The mustard seed was small. The leaven, unnoticed. God working through it the whole time to do something that it could never become on its own. The temptation is to look at what God has given us or done in us and think it's not that big, it's not that much, I don't have enough, don't have a lot going on here. Jesus says, come on, look to me, look at who I am, look at what I can do. Remember, remember, call back to memory the miracles that he did the miracles that we've read about, all the things that he has done. He can do it again. Will you stand and pray with me? A band is gonna come and we're gonna worship. Let me just pray for us that we be a church, that we be a people who lead with a yes to God and ask him, what's my next step of faith? Lord, we just, we th I just thank you, God, that you are at work in our lives. We don't always see it and feel it, but it's true. It's like we don't notice the seed under the soil making its way to the surface. God, you are at work. You are at work setting free, healing, restoring. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Lord, right now, right now, you are seated at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. Right now, you're Holy Spirit is at work. Right now, Lord, you are sending people after lost sheep, those who have gone astray to bring them into the fold. 
to tell them they have a place and a Father in heaven who loves them. God, you're at work and you've called us to be caught up in it, to be caught up in what you're doing and what you're about. Lord, let us be like kids, like little kids who come to their parents and ask, can we be a part? Like, what are we doing? What are you doing? Kids just wanna be a part. Let us be like that. Let us have that childlike faith, God. Let fear not have a place in our heart. Let fear not be the loudest voice. Let comparison, Lord, let comparison be put to death in our life. Let your words reign. Let who you are and what you've done and what you are doing be the loudest voice and reign supreme in our life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.